This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, January 31st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. State Farm Insurance no longer issuing new policies for certain Hyundai and Kia vehicles. We'll find out why in our next segment. But right now, the latest report on home prices is out, while the Federal Reserve's Policymaking Committee is getting some new blood. We're joined by Bob Bruska, Chief Economist with Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us today. The Fed is meeting this week. Uh, they will announce a new interest rate hike. The smart money suggests it'll be one quarter of a percentage point compared to the three quarters of a percent hike in the previous interest rate announcements. But we have some new members on the policymaking committee, and they're a little more dovish than the uh, people they're replacing. And how could that change Fed policy regarding inflation? Well, it, it could. Um it's always hard to tell when you get new members, you don't exactly know how they're going to vote. And I do think you have to recognize that they're all part of the same committee and they've all been listening to the same information. And uh, I, I don't expect to see any great change because of a change in the committee membership. However, circumstances in the economy are changing and there are more people talking about how the Fed may be about ready to slow and maybe even pause for a while and its rate hikes. Uh, you've seen some of the inflation data come down. You point out the home prices today. You know, they fell by 0.5%. And we're looking at home prices on this Case-Shiller index. So the 20-city index up only 6.8% year over year compared to April when they were rising at more than a 20% rate. So there has been quite a slowdown in house prices and even in some other inflation gauges in the economy. But inflation overall continues to run hot. And so I think that the Fed's going to have to pay attention to that. And uh, on another inflation gauge, uh, the cost of employment uh, went up by a number that was lower than expected. And consumer confidence has slipped a little bit. So clearly, the American consumer is thinking about the possibility of a recession. And he or she will base their spending decisions based on the possibility that uh, things will slow down later this year. Yeah, there are cross currents out there. You know, in the Chicago area, PMI today came out uh, very, very weak. So, um, and, and that index is every time it's been this week or weaker, we've been in recession. So that, that's another, you know, recession indicator you can look at. But yeah, consumers aren't feeling that great. People are making a lot about the ECI index. The ECI index, employment cost index, is only one tenth of one percentage point lower than it was, uh, you know, on a year-over-year basis, and, and even quarter to quarter. It's really not much of a change. These are people making a mountain out of a molehill. You know, you've got people who are looking for the Fed to slow down, and they're looking for any excuse that they can throw on that side of the scale. And I just think, uh, you know, wage costs are still running pretty hot. 
And then when it comes to uh, when the Fed does meet this week, uh, what's the headline here? Is it the interest rate hike announcement or is it the guidance? Yeah, I think it's going to be on the guidance if they give us any. Um, And I think the Fed is probably going to try to steer us a little bit away from the idea that they're way behind and maybe they'll admit that they're going to have to look at the data and that they could raise rates further or they could hold them there for a while. I think this is the message the Fed's going to try to give us. It's a tough message because whenever the Fed changes its messaging a little bit, markets are very quick to jump on the new direction and to take it even farther than the Fed is you know, starting to go. So I'd be wary about that. But yeah, I think that the message is going to be the guidance. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist with Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, the latest on General Motors plus issues for Kia and Hyundai owners. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. GM has issued results for the fourth quarter while owners of some Hyundai and Kia vehicles could be facing insurance problems. Let's get an update on key stories in the auto industry from Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive of reporter based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. And it would seem at first blush that in the first qu- uh, fourth quarter for uh, General Motors, it had the best of both worlds. The supply chain issues are beginning to ease, but they still have the pricing power from times when y- new cars were hard to come by. Yeah, and that's what, what led to their $2 billion fourth quarter profit, $9.9 billion for the full year. That's the best GM has ever done. And for the full year, it's on lower sales. But as you mentioned, it's pricing power. They don't have to discount. And, uh, you know, when, when they can only make so many vehicles, they'll make the ones that are fully loaded. So those are the ones that are most profitable. So it's adding to the bottom line. Can they maintain this balancing act for the rest of 2023? Or is this announcement from Tesla that they are cutting the base, the, 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 the price on their base model? Uh, is that going to interrupt that equilibrium? Well, well, Tesla has already impacted Ford. They have cut the price of their Mustang Mach-E. And during the conference call, CEO Mary Barra was asked numerous times, are you going to have to cut prices of your EVs? Well, right now they've only got EVs in the premium segment, and they have lower-priced EVs coming out later this year. And she said she feels that they're going to be properly priced, a new uh, Equinox that'll be uh, under $30,000 or around $30,000, a new Blazer that'll be a little above that. So, you know, with, with limited numbers, we'll see what the market can bear. More risky for GM is the economic climate in general and some important labor talks coming up later this year. And then uh, very quickly, let's touch on uh, the problems that uh, some Hyundai and Kia drivers could be facing. Uh, thanks to uh, social media, both are uh, popular targets of thieves and now some insurance companies are saying, uh, hold up if you want to buy that particular brand of car. Yeah, I think the insurance companies are kind of firing a shot over the bow of Hyundai and Kia to tell them to do something about these thefts. And Hyundai and Kia say they are doing something. They're at the very least getting clubs out to people so they can lock their vehicles and they're working on some other fixes. But these are older used Hyundais. And if you're in the market to buy one of those, check with your insurance company first because some insurance companies are saying they're too much of a theft risk. It doesn't mean you won't be able to get insurance, but it may be a bit more difficult. What is the size of the megaphone that the auto insurance industry uh, wields over the auto industry? 
Uh, it's big in terms of safety. This is the first time they've really tried to do something in terms of theft. But but again, uh, it, it sends a message, but not as big a message as you might think, because these are used vehicles, and Hyundai and Kia doesn't get anything on the sale of used vehicles, but it does give them a black eye publicly, because their new vehicles are not affected by this theft model. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive reporter based in Detroit. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, two major streaming services are combining and rebranding. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Showtime and Paramount Plus streaming services are merging. Let's discuss what's going on behind the move with Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Uh, can you, you want to share with us the, the name of the new combined entity, Showtime and Paramount Plus? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of ridiculous, Rob. It's um, I, the idea is to call it Paramount Plus with Showtime, uh, and the idea is to call both uh, expressions of this merged thing—that is, the streaming uh, content available via the Paramount Plus system, as well as the linear Showtime cable channel—with uh, the same name. Now. Um, it's awkward. Uh, it sounds very corporate. Uh, it, it could have been, why not Paramount Plus Plus? Why not uh, uh, the Showtime brand? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of head scratching, I guess, and, 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 and uh, tongue wagging right now. But I, look, I think what it reflects is that uh, not unlike the HBO meets HBO Max mashup that occurred a number of months ago and will likely happen probably with Hulu and Disney and some of the other sort of uh, entities, too, is all this stuff is mashing together and is uh, looking for uh, the elimination of costs uh, and, sadly, the homogenization of brands uh, along the way. I I don't expect that brand name uh, to last. Uh, I would think within another month or two, they'll come up with some saner approach to what this thing is. But make no mistake, linear television and premium channels like Showtime are – shall we say, now being uh, folded into the streaming behemoths that we, uh, we know today, and Paramount Plus is the destination where Showtime content will now sit, as well as, interestingly, Paramount Plus originals will now find themselves also being shown on the linear cable network as well. So an homogenization for sure. And so this is everything that's under the CBS, Viacom, Paramount umbrella under one brand name that uh, should jump out at you. What does this mean, though, if you're a cable subscriber and you have Showtime as part of your package now that it's Paramount Plus Showtime or whatever they're calling it? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And this is the same conundrum that I personally have with sports, with ESPN. Uh, watch all the linear channels, subscribe to those, and enjoy the college basketball and, and football, et cetera. Um, but uh, am flummoxed when uh, seeing uh, other games available on ESPN Plus. And as a consumer, taking off my semi-professional hat for a second, uh, am kind of miffed, frankly, at the fact that here I am paying a, a hefty sum via my cable bill for all these ESPN channels, and yet would now have to add more to my bill by paying for extra uh, access with ESPN Plus. The same is going to apply here. Uh, it, just because you are a Showtime premium subscriber via cable or satellite uh, does not necessarily guarantee you uh, access to the top tier of Paramount Plus, unless 
uh, saner heads prevail. And I think, frankly, a lot of these uh, media conglomerates right now are trying to figure out how to best appease both sides of the fence, shall we say, because consumers are wising up to the fact that they don't want to pay twice for what arguably is the same thing in both streaming and linear TV environments. So I think it's going to be a murky journey, but I think uh, altogether over time, there will be one bill to pay somehow for both pieces of access. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, the pros and cons of an all-inclusive family vacation. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Burning Tafoya. Metro gets a huge chunk of the federal government's mega grants and will use it for a UP North Line rebuild. The federal government will be pulling back on emergency COVID measures. Travel Tuesday, an all inclusive family vacation. It can be a great choice, but there are some important things you need to keep in mind before you book it. And we'll discuss why it's important to track how much credit you're using compared to how much you have available. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow was up 170 points. The NASDAQ is up 116. The S&P 500 is up 31. Right now in Chicago, nine above under partly sunny skies. Feels like three below, going up to just 13 today. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Metra getting a major federal grant, which it'll use for a rebuilding project. Let's get the latest from WBBM's Bernie Tafoya. More than one billion billion dollars is being doled out for discretionary transportation infrastructure projects around the country. Metro will be getting about 10% of it, $117 million. The money will be used on a stretch of the UP North Line between Fullerton and Addison in Chicago. The U.S. Department of Transportation says 11 bridges, 4 miles of track, and nearly 2 miles of retaining walls will be replaced. Each bridge will have a walkway and what are known as sacrificial beams, which are designed to limit structural damage should a tall truck or other vehicle hit the bridge. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. A change is coming to coronavirus strategy in the U.S. The president is telling Congress the national emergency and public health emergency declarations will end May 11th, nearly three years after they were first declared. They were in effect when Joe Biden took office. We will get through this. We will defeat this pandemic. The change will restructure virus response, treating it as an endemic threat to public health, managed through normal authority of government agencies. House Republicans want the emergencies to end right away and are getting ready to start investigations into the government's virus response. Ed Donahue, Washington. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are higher. We're joined by Matt Shapiro, president of MWS Capital based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. A number of big companies uh, reporting earnings this week, and uh, that pace of uh, fourth quarter earnings reports will continue between now and Friday. But let's start off with General Motors. And they used to say that uh, what's good for 
GM is good for the nation. Had a great fourth quarter. What does that say about the state of the auto industry and the state of the car buying consumer? Well, you know, GM, great story today. One of a slew of more fundamental style critical earnings today, GM being one, McDonald's being another. But, you know, GM has sort of hit it quite a bit visa uh, better than Ford and some of the other automakers. So it's kind of boiling down to, in the big EV race, GM and Tesla, and especially, of course, with all these big new incentives coming in. So um, investors, you know, very well-received earnings report for GM, popping quite a bit, but of course, not anywhere near its all-time high of 60 but generally showing strength in this fundamental side of the market, very important leading into the Fed meeting tomorrow. And then uh, ExxonMobil shares rising more than 1%. It beat earnings and revenue expectations with the its latest results. And, and you don't necessarily have to be an uh, oil price analyst or an industry expert to know that, uh, that they were going to have a good fourth quarter. All you had to do was fill up at the pump. Right, you know, and but of course controversial, right? Uh, you know, Chevron and Exxon just massive massive profits during of course this bout of inflation. So, you know, gas prices did end for all the inflation we had in 2022, gas prices finished the year lower, but the major oils just, you know, after years by the way of not doing great just managed to really hit it out of the park with these massive massive um, profits. But we'll see what happens politically because, you know, the majors, you know, have all these political issues with um, carbon and climate change and things like that. So, you know, it's a matter of, you know, is this really already in the stocks? We'll see. Yeah. How do you analyze uh, an ExxonMobil or a Chevron after a year in which uh, oil topped $100 a barrel, now it's below 80 and just simply changing consumer habits? I mean, you don't have uh, millions of people driving to work five days out of the week anymore. Now they do it three days out of the week. And some of those millions of people might have traded their piston engine for an EV. So I guess the question is, you know, we, this, these were discussions that were had prior to the COVID pandemic and prior to the economy reopening is, you know, how do you parse the future of, of, of petroleum and coal for that matter? It's really tough. You know, before the pandemic, politically um, and ethically, a lot of, for a lot of customers of ours, you know, oil stocks, the major oils were sort of kryptonite, you know, uninvestable. And they had been in decline actually for years. And then the pandemic hit and then inflation happened and everyone realized, well, you know, EV future is great, um, but, you know, that's a long time away. And, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine, you know, everyone realized the world still runs on oil and, you know, airplanes need it, um, trucks need it and everything. So it's still yet to be decided. I would buy some of the big oils if you're partial to them, but only on weakness right now. And then very quickly, let's talk about McDonald's, which uh, it was still doing fairly well. It's been an inflation darling, but how much of, of McDonald's success, at least at the counter, is the result of cost-conscious families or the fact they've just put out a, a superior product? Well, I really liked McDonald's. McDonald's easing back today. Uh, I really thought their earnings report was spectacular. Same store sales comps up 12%. Uh, really, just a really great, great earnings report. But of course, McDonald's is near its all-time high 
as opposed to the you know mega cap tech leaders. So maybe a little bit built in. You know what more can they do? But really, uh, the earnings report showed superior financial management, and as you say, a great product that's really a- appealing in, a, in, a, in an environment where food costs are higher. Matt Shapiro, president, MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, getting the most out of an all-inclusive trip for the family. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon, the focus is on the all-inclusive family vacation and some of the key things to keep in mind. We welcome in Cindy Richards, the editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. Cindy, thanks for joining us us this afternoon. All-inclusive really sounds nice, but you got to do your homework first, it sounds like. Absolutely. You know, I'm a big, big fan of all-inclusive vacations, especially for families, because you know what you're going to spend. You go in, everything's there. I have a friend who calls them cruise ships on land, and it's very much the same thing. There's a ton of activities going on all the time. There's several restaurants. There's always a buffet. Um, And generally, the drinks are included, but you have to make sure that everything you're paying for is stuff you're really going to use. I I was kicking the tires on an all-inclusive family vacation during our upcoming school spring break in April, and we managed to uh, not pull the trigger on it. And one of the things I learned along the way is that uh, there's all-inclusive, and then there's all-inclusive, including the things that you like. And in some cases, you may have to buy your way into a, 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 a higher tier of service if you want complimentary drinks above and beyond the stuff they used to serve at uh, college fraternity parties. <laughs> that's right. So that's what, so. what's really important here is you want to read what's included in your all-inclusive. Um, you know, if you have kids that just want to sit on the beach and play in the sand or play in the water, you know, it, it may not be worth it to book a um, club med where there's, you know, 20 different activities to choose from every hour because the kids don't want to do it. Um, same with alcohol. If you don't drink and you're uh, and it's an all-inclusive where all the alcohol is included, you're paying for that, whether you take a drink or you don't, regardless of whether it's a bar brand or an upscale um, uh, brand. So what you want to do is really do the math. I'm always a, I'm a big fan of figuring it out. How much does your plane fare cost? Is that included? Um, how much is the hotel room? Can you get a nice hotel on the beach if the kids are just going to play in the sand? Fine. If you if you're a um, if you're a traveler who likes to get out and experience the local culture, don't go to an all inclusive because you paid for everything that you have to do on property and anything you do off property is an extra cost. Um, so you want to, you want to actually sit down and and run a spreadsheet. What does this cost compared to what does that cost? Are we really going to use all of those things that I'm going to pay for in the all-inclusive price? Generally, what are some good all-inclusive locations? Because I did all of my work through the uh, Costco travel website, which is really easy to use because it does include the flight in your cost calculations. But you can go to Hawaii, you can go to Mexico, you can go to the Dominican Republic, you can go to Puerto Rico, you can go to anywhere in the world uh, that has an all-inclusive resort. So generally, if you're bringing a family along, what's a good location to really zero in on? Well, I think it depends really on how far you want to travel. Uh, you know, there there are a ton of choices in Mexico and in the Caribbean islands that are, a, you know, three-hour plane ride away from Chicago. 
But, you know, if you want to go further, you certainly can find ones that are further away. But, you know, the the reality is that an all-inclusive in Mexico versus the Dominican versus the Bahamas, they're all basically the same. If, you know, if you're going to go to a, um, a hard rock all-inclusive, it doesn't really matter which destinations you're going to. And yeah, basically, it's the it's, it's yeah, the, the, the water's blue, the sand is white, the beach bar is blaring uh, Bob Marley, and the painkiller is the same. Exactly. I, you know, the the one thing that I do always always caution people about all inclusives is if you're traveling with teenagers, especially teenagers who look a little older, you need to be aware of the alcohol. You know, I've gone to all inclusives with my kids when they were in their teens, and one in particular stands out. the The adult wristbands were black, and the the teenager wristbands were a dark purple. looked way black in the sunlight. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if you have a kid that you that you're worried about them drinking. You want to be aware of that before you go in. Cindy Richard is editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, understanding your credit utilization rate and why that's important. The amount you currently owe on your credit cards divided by your credit limit provides your credit utilization rate. Let's talk about the significance with Bill Hardikoff, senior industry analyst with MoneyCrashers.com, based in Birmingham, Alabama. Bill, thanks for for joining us today. Now, you may pay off your credit card bills every month, but you may find yourself, just because of inflation, uh, a lit- little bit closer to your credit limit than you had been in the past. Uh, what does that do to your credit utilization rate, and how can that impact your credit score? Well, Rob, thanks for having me. The credit utilization rate or percentage is one of the most important things uh, when it comes to factors for your credit score. You want to keep your credit utilization rate at 30%. Uh, Anything lower than that is extremely positive on your credit credit report and credit score. Anything higher kind of dings you. So when you do start to run up your credit card bill, it's probably best to do a couple things. One is to pay that off in its entirety if you can, but if not, pay as much of it as you possibly can. Uh, Secondly, you don't want to add any more debt to your credit card account. Uh, You want to keep that as low as possible, uh, especially if you're trying to go for a loan. Now, what if you do pay off your credit card bills every month? You just get very close to the limit, but uh, you you never run a balance. You always pay your bill in full and on time. Uh, does that how how does that you know you do everything right basically? But it sounds like that still can negatively impact your credit score. Well, you'll be okay if you pay it off uh, at the end of each month. It's probably a little uh, advisable to pay it off before your due date. Uh, well before your due date, then all of a sudden your credit utilization score might appear to be a little bit lower. But if you pay off your bill in its entirety on time each and every month, your credit score is going to be fine. And then uh, at, at what point in your billing cycle, if, if they're pulling your credit score, let's say you're uh, getting uh, financing for a project on your house, or maybe you're getting a car loan, uh, at what point in the billing cycle does the uh, that number get reported to the credit bureaus? Well, that's going to vary from person to person. Uh, the, the best advice would be if you are going to go for a loan, if you're looking to buy a house, looking to buy a car, whatever it might be, 
if you're looking to get a loan in the up in the near future, you want to do everything possible to keep that credit utilization low. And you may want to make what's called micropayments throughout the month instead of just waiting for your bill to come due at the end of the month for your credit card. You may want to pay, go online and pay as you go, you know, say each week just to keep that credit utilization low if you're going for a loan. Bill Hardikoff, Senior Industry Analyst with MoneyCrashers.com, based in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.